Hi, my name is Christopher Rawlings, and I'm with Howard Diamond. And we are actors with a group called Open Door Productions, which is a film and production company in central New Jersey. And we are starting something uh, involving film discussion on classic movies that relate to social, political issues uh, in today. And we thought of calling this Movies That Matter or Movies With Social Impact. But we're focusing on a movie that was made in 19, 1958 called The Defiant Ones, which starred Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier. And we felt that this movie really directly related to issues that were happening in our country in the year 2020, as well as worldwide, with uh, racial uh, unrest and, and, and nationwide, even global protests. And we thought that the, uh, the themes in this movie and the story was such a, a very impactful uh, film would uh, invite some, some great discussion and some, some um, re reflection on uh, the things that are happening in today's world. Uh, the film is essentially is about two prisoners that escape being transferred from prison, I guess, to another location. And uh, the, uh, the white prisoner played by obviously Tony Curtis, his name is Joker Jackson. And uh, the black prisoner, African-American prisoner is uh, Noah Cohen, obviously by Sidney Poitier. And they are chained together in this truck. So this truck crashes, overturns in the middle of the night in an accident, and these two prisoners now are on the run, but they are chained together. And the story in plays out is how these, these men who are outwardly hostile and hateful to each other because of their, their, their racial background and their, and their differences, how they, they are forced and confronted to, to, to cooperate and work together uh, to survive in their mutual uh, quest for freedom. So that's essentially the, um, the, the crux of the movie. So with that, I want to uh, introduce Howard Diamond. Howard? Thank you, Christopher. And I will tell you, it, it was a fascinating project to, uh, to start to look at this movie uh, in a deeper uh, sense. Um, it, it's a movie that some people have probably have forgotten about. Um, and others remember it, but it's an impactful movie, as you said. Uh, I'm going to quote uh, Bosley Crowther, who reviewed this movie in September of 1958, and quote, he said, a remarkably apt and dramatic visualization of a social idea, the idea of men of different races brought together to face misfortune and a bond of brotherhood is achieved by director Stanley Kramer and his new film, The Defiant Ones, end of quote. So it's 62 years old. Um, it was a time period, and if, if, if we can see this, this was a Time Magazine article that hit first, the front page back in October of 1957, paratroopers at Little Rock. It was a turbulent time. It was a difficult time for black Americans. It was a time of transition. Uh, it was a time of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. coming to surface on the civil rights movement. And a lot of things going on like there are today with George Floyd and um, Black Lives Matter and social unrest going on today and concerns. Right. So it was a transitional time in 1958 as today is a traditional uh, transitional time. So looking at this movie, I think that when one has to look at um, a good bit of, bit of some symbolism in it, 
You have to read between the lines of the writings. When I started to research this, um, the writers are Nathan Douglas and Harold Jacob Smith, but Nathan Douglas was actually a blacklisted uh, writer of the time whose real name was uh, Nedrick Young. And uh, he wrote this under a different name. And he himself was uh, faced with um, challenges at the time. So as, as, as you've really done a good job in explaining the, um, the movie as it, uh, the plot of the movie, uh, it's important to recognize that it was unusual at the time, if not rare, for um, a black prisoner to be um, chained to a white prisoner. Um, and it was almost in the movie, they talk about the warden having a sense of humor for doing that. But we follow these two men throughout this movie, and we follow their ups and their downs and their, and their changes and their own transitions with each other, which is really the backbone of, of the movie. And it's, to me, what I've gotten from it is a couple of two or three different things that surfaced that are relevant today, uh, as this was written in 1958, and keeping in mind that the uh, director, Stanley Kramer, was a, uh, a man before his time, you may say. Um, a number of his films, including Guests Who's Coming to Dinner, uh, were political statements that he made. He was a liberal thinking director. But what I got out of this as we move on here is that people do need to communicate with, with each other uh, and not make assumptions of each other. And that's what you'll see in, in the character development of these two. Um, that it's necessary to not just talk but to listen to each other and reflect upon the challenges that others have. Because very similar, very often those, those um, challenges are similar uh, to each other. Um, I, I felt that when we rely upon each other to reach a common goal, our differences become inconsequential and invisible. And um, I think you're going to see that. Um, we're gonna show three scenes in this presentation there's a lot more to the movie that we would expect you to go look at on your own. And some of this will make more sense when you do that. And also that empathy, not apathy, changes the way people see each other. You have to understand each other as these two prisoners and these two men begin to, uh, to do in this movie. So civil rights movement, um, challenges between the two uh, that they're dealing with in, in their day-to-day -day life uh, all come together in, this, in, the, in the scenes that you're going to see here. Um, these two men will find their way out of a world of prejudice and find a love for each other and a reliance upon each other by the time this, um, uh, you see the last scene in this. But um, just look between the lines is my message to this because that's what Christopher and I have experienced by discussing this movie. Um, and you'll see a lot Absolutely. more the movie just- I, ha I have to say that in, in uh, my discussions, you know, with Howard, uh, even though I'd seen this movie before and then you know, watched it again recently, through our talking together, I was amazed and, and, and continually surprised at the, the, the nuances or the subtext or just the, I thought almost what were hidden gems in the writing and in, in, and in the imagery in the film. And I almost said, you know, to myself, you know, did the writers and the director, they really realized how pregnant with meaning so many of these images and, and this dialogue was, you know, or maybe was it almost subconscious? Like one of the first things you mentioned, you know, Howard, which was again, brilliant was, well, you know, Sidney Poitier's uh, name, his name is Noah. 
and thinking of the biblical character. Yes. You know, what does that imply? There's so many implications there. Yes, you know, just on, on his name. He's leading the two of them out of, yeah. of trouble, out of the dark in this, to, to some yeah. level of safety. You know, right, right. You know, their, their journey, I mean, quote, unquote, their ark, yet Noah, you know, in the ark, you know, different spelling, A-R-K, A-R-C, but yet it's just, I just thought it was just brilliant, just brilliant. Again, whether it was deliberate or almost unconscious. So um, why don't we look at the first scene? We have three that we want to bring up here. And this is the first scene that I think we discussed that really starts to show their beginning of their evolution of understanding a little more about each other as men and as human beings. And when it starts to um, maybe crumble the walls of their isolation from each other and their racism, their ignorance, you know, um, I think it's, it's a scene that takes place um, as you know, after they've been on the run now for a while. And I believe this is their first night and they have to find food. They have to eat, they have to find warmth, they have to find shelter, and they're going to, um, you know, get their, their first meal hunting in the woods and they're going to have start eating and they're going to start talking together. So shall we watch the first, uh, the first scene here? Let's roll. Joker. That's a great way to live. 
You keep quiet all your life, and the only time you open your mouth is when you die. Why don't you cut it out? Hmm? You keep saying thanks. I hate that word, thanks. Don't mean nothing. Don't mean nothing, huh? You try making a living with that word, you find out. I used to park cars in Nash's. Big fancy hotel. The fella give me his car and I'd say thank you, sir. Here, I was doing him a favor, but I had to say thank you, sir. And the louder I said it, the bigger the tip. And that figures. That don't figure nothing. You gotta be Charlie Potatoes, a man with the money. Then you don't have to bow down to nobody. That's the way I'm gonna live. Even when he didn't give me a tip, I still had to say thank you. That word got like two sticking needles in me every time I said it. Nothing happened with the word. You know what I mean, boy? Yeah, and I got a needle sticking in me right now. I look joking. Don't call me boy. Why, you're just too sensitive, Dan. I'm too nothing. That's right, you're too nothing. That's right. But I got a little advice for you, man, because I like you, man. You got to take things as they are. You can't keep fighting them unless you want to be unhappy. I see you got a lot to learn, boy. Like you living in a fancy hotel. Yeah, like me living in that fancy hotel. You think they're gonna let me in that fancy hotel, too? Oh, sure, they're gonna let you in that hotel. Through the back door, if you got a pail and a mop. And you through the front door just long enough to collect your tip. What's eating you? Just because I called you a name? Yeah. Well, that's what you are, ain't it? It's like calling a spade a spade. I'm a honky. I don't try to argue out of it. You can call me a bohunk, I don't mind. You ever hear tell of a bohunk in a wood barrel, Joker? You ever hear tell of catch a bohunk by the toe? Depends on how you mean it. How'd you mean it? Like I said it, now don't cry me because I didn't make up no names. No, you breathe it in when you're born and you spit it out from then on. That name sure bugs you, don't it? Well, that's the way it is. And you're stuck with it because I didn't make any rules. No, but you sure live by him. Everybody lives by him. Everybody's stuck with what he is. Even them swamp animals. Even that weasel. You calling me a weasel? No, I'm calling you a white man. Okay. Wow. Every time I watch that scene, it still it still amazes me. Well, it's dramatic, and uh, I think we, we come out of the gate on this one uh, when he says... Uh, when when um, Joker says there must be a million animals out there and no one understands what the other is saying. Yes. And I, I think this is something of the basis of, of the communication that I talked about earlier is that people do not communicate to each other and they weren't doing it in 1958. And there's a challenge today, uh, 62 years later, uh, with the same, the same thing. And, and the communication, as you can see, develops between these two men uh, as they sit there in the dark of night, uh, they're breaking down barriers between each other during that during that yeah. time together. Yes, I like that. Again, the imagery that they use with the animals, you know, the animal kingdom, and the human race. You know, essentially, we're supposed to be more evolved. You know, animals, uh, mammals, but um, you know what the animals do to survive. You know, in the wilderness. You know what humans do to survive in the world. You know it. It, it just it just struck me. 
you know, um, you know, only the strong survive and there's always, there's territorial disputes and there's a pecking order and there's, you know, the, the microcosm of, of, of the animal world, you know, looking at the macrocosm of the human race, you know, and on a larger scale. I just love that the fact that. Go ahead. No, finish your thought. Just again, how they used and the, the, the line he makes that struck me was, you know, that's the way to be, you know, you don't say anything, you know, until the moment you die. And these yeah. two men, although they're fighting for their lives, are in a sense dying right now because they've got people chasing them. They've got adversity coming up. And in a sense, they could be dying. And they are talking to each other here where they couldn't communicate uh, earlier um, uh, with each other or, or chose not to. Um, you see certain similarities here when they talk about their social status, if you may. Um, uh, uh, Joker comes into the hotel through the front door only to collect his tips. Right. Not welcomed in that front of the hotel. Right. Um, uh, Noah, because he's a black man, is not welcomed in the hotel. However, he can come into the back of the hotel with a pail and a mop and, yeah. uh, and, 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 and walk in. But both of them are challenged by, by, both of, by, by that situation of where they are um, yeah. socially. And they're, right. and, they're, and they're tortured by it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good point, you know, and, um, you know, what struck me is, uh, the Joker character, he, he's, he says the words, you know, and he says it with such, you know, vile disgust. You don't have to bow down to nobody and look at what the, you know, the black race has had to, the African-American race has had to deal with, you know, so tragically and so terribly for 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 for, you know years and years and years you know um but here's a you know a white man you know talking about his taste of that particular kind of oppression you know of course different you know to a larger scale but yet you know the 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 hatred of being put down like that, of being felt less and being, you know, not feeling worthwhile and valuable, you know, it's still there. It's still there. The Joker is trying to become Charlie Potatoes because then that gives him uh, social right. status, it gives him power. And so right. considered a honky uh, that he's dealing with. Now he tries That's his to freedom in a sense. His freedom is to become Charlie Potatoes, the rich guy, you know, with, as he says later, I guess with the girl on each arm and spending all the money he wants on a Saturday night, you know, and getting anything he wants, you know, and in, uh, in, in contrast, but on the same trajectory, you know, an African-American man just, just wants to, you know, live his own life and not you know, feel, uh, you know, the oppression you know, Noah, Noah wants the respect of being a man, not a, not be, being labeled a, a, a boy or a, or a or a or an ethnic term. He he right. wants respect, and and Joker is also looking for respect, but his respect comes from stealing more and being Charlie Potatoes. Um, yes, and yes. Uh, and that's what, how he gets to where he wants to be. And they they they, I, they come to that agreement, uh, not realizing that they are, but. They're connecting on that same on that same point. Yes, yes. I thought it was also an interesting line, Howard, where at one point Tony Curtis says, "You know, I'm saying this because I like you." Yeah. And that kind of struck me because before, I, 
the, the viewers won't see this. And of course, I, we encourage everyone to, uh, you know, to watch the film. In the beginning, it's like they're, they're ready to kill each other. Correct. You know, the farthest, farthest thing from, you know, liking each other, you know, that was just, you know, not, not in, their, in, in their universe. But now it's almost like they've, they've started to try to work together, even though they're still very much at odds in a lot of ways. He says, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, I guess, give you a piece of advice. But what does he say? You know, you have to, you know, live by the rules. This is what everybody lives by. You know, but, you know, the Joker character, Tony Curtis, he's subject to the same rules and he's oppressed by the same consequences. You know? Exactly. And this is such a pivotal scene to the movie because I feel they reach some commonality in this and they're still yes. at odds and there's still some, you know, some uh, explosive behavior going on between them, but there is a commonality that comes from breaking bread and sitting there and, and, and yes. listening to the animals. Um, there's a revelation that takes place between them. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's funny what has to happen, something like, you know, survival before you know, these barriers come down. You know, when you boil it all down, when you have to survive or you, 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 you know, you got to make this work. Right. They're both fighting for freedom, physical freedom. They want to get away, you know, and of course, at this point, they want to, you know, break that chain that's holding them so they can go their separate ways, you know, as they're thinking, you know, and find their own way. But uh, when you have to make it work, you find a way. And what does even that portend to even in, in the issues that we're facing today, even with the, the pandemic and even the unrest that's happened in this country, even on that level, that's a whole other, another discussion, you know, but, you know, do, do, do we as a country, as, as, as citizens all across all the states really realize that we, we're in this to survive and we have to come up with a, with a game plan that's, that's united and going to work. And here are these guys, you know, they have to still find their way. They haven't, I don't think at this point, come up with a, a united game plan except to let's just get these chains off and then we're going to, you know, We'll take and, our chances. And, and the movie really uh, exhibits a number of challenges that they have that we can't show in the short amount of time that we have here. But uh, we have a, a, a river, we have rain, we have a clay pit, we have a, a number of things that they have to figure out together how to survive um, yeah. throughout the film. And, yeah. um, and, and it's really symbolic of social challenges that we could equate to today that, that only through communication and teamwork and, and people relying on each other and wanting to rely on each other, most importantly, is yeah. that you can overcome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, it's weird. I, 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 this just came into my mind. I don't think we've talked about this, but the one thing about um, having this type of discussion, but over a meal, overeating, and I was reminded that the one thing about eating together as, as people is someone said that food is a great unifier. <laughs> and even though this is in the most primitive of circumstances, you know, and this was not obviously, you know, planned. They're just doing this. But, but here they are together. They're sustaining their life, their physical life together by working together to find food, to prepare it, 
to eat it. And in that moment of, of could you say, bonding with surviving by eating, that opens up their, their minds and their hearts to start to at least try to understand each other. Breaking, so bread, breaking bread, people lower yeah. their, their defenses. Uh, their, yes. What is food? Food is comfort. Yes. Food, food is a way of, of, of bringing people together. And you yes, know, you can think of all the scenes in Seinfeld that all took place in uh, over bread, and scenes in movies like The Godfather and other movies where food right. was an essential part of the discussion because people are at ease and they're enjoying themselves while they're eating and they're getting nourishment and right. eating, you know, certain certain natural requirements. But during that time, they're able to open up. Yes, and that's exactly what they're doing. Whether it's a cup of coffee or they're eating a a frog. And this scene. Yeah, right, absolutely. And I, I want to point out one thing that in terms of performances, the one thing that I saw um, a lot more um, prevalent in Sidney Poitier's character, at this point, he, he appears to be much more tired and much more exhausted. So, you know, with that, you know, I mean, they're eating ravenously, they're hungry, obviously, but he, he, he has his hands like this and he's like, I think partially almost like he just wants to sleep and have a good meal, but you know, that's, he's just finding comfort in that. He's getting his, his, his basic physical needs met. Whereas the, the Tony Curtis character, Joker, he's more on the alert. You know, he's not as comfortable living in the outdoors. He doesn't know who the animals, what the animals names are, you know, Sydney right. probably raised more rurally, you know, for the most part, this is, these are the sounds that he's heard all of his life. Right. It's like he's sitting in his living room. And again, th this connects to what I said and you brought up. He's Noah. Noah's comfortable with the animal kingdom. <laughs> and he's comfortable with the animals and he understands them. Right. As, as Noah did. Right. Very good. Saying. Yes. Now, it's easy to overlook that when you're viewing the film. But when you yeah. start to look like what, what you and I have done with this, it becomes very apparent that there's there's another facet of, of, of something going on here. And he's yeah. able to communicate again to um, Joker what the animals are saying and what it means. And, yes. and uh, that also helps to their bond here. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's funny, you, know, you see the, the hyper vigilance that, that Tony Curtis still has. You know, what's that? What's going on? What's that sound? You know, I keep listening for the dogs, you know, and not that Sidney Poitier isn't, isn't concerned, but, you know, he knows enough to know that for, for now, it's, it, they have a little bit of safety, a little, little bit of time right now. It's on right. their side at this point, you know, whether they can rest, you know, on their laurels. But um, that was a good point. And also, let's talk about the, the sharing of the cigarette, because this does not come out, because um, there's a scene that the audience has not seen. Correct. And earlier in the film, um, uh, uh, Noah offers um, uh, Joker a cigarette, and Joker has a trepidation uh, because of, he was uncomfortable with the with the notion of of accepting a a, a cigarette from uh, a black mm -hmm. man. Uh, mm -hmm. Quite honestly, that's not not something that he had done before. Right. Um, but that changes. As, as their relationship changes, he does accept uh, a cigarette. Go on and, and, and touch on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and we're going to see also, um, again, later on, just to give a, a little sneak preview, but um, 
there, this is something that, again, we haven't fully experienced. You know, we didn't have the separate drinking fountains. You know, we didn't, at least I didn't, you know, experience where, you know, when, when uh, African-American you know, musicians were touring uh, in the South at, at hotels and motels, and, you know, if, if a black person went into the swimming pool, everybody got out. You know, all the white people got out. You know, that, that, that's, you know, that type of ignorance, that type of, can I say stupidity? I mean, uh, it was, it was how, how will I offend here? You know, uh, yeah. it's, 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 just, it's just so, it's beyond disgusting. Um, and yet, attitudes like this still persist, persist in our country today. It's incomprehensible. And uh, for those of us, you know, who, who remember Sammy Davis Jr., who was not allowed to stay at the same hotels that he performed in in Las Vegas, fortunately right. Frank Sinatra came to his aid. We've seen it with Nat King Cole. We've seen it in other ways. Uh, just an incomprehensible situation that um, existed and uh, barriers that were put up uh, that we see in this film being brought down some, to some extent as the movie progresses. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fact that, you know, these guys are doing something in just such close physical proximity, you know, sharing a meal, sharing a cigarette together, you know, from my mouth to yours. I mean, this, this is huge. You know, we, I don't think we, we can realize, you know, the, the impact of, of these images are, you know, because, you know, we are, you know, how many years removed from 1958. So I think this is a very great first scene to really start to show the development of their characters and, and, and their rapport bonding together. So do you have any other uh, thoughts well, on this scene? Let's, let's move on to the next key scene. Okay. All right. So let me pull up the next scene. You want to mention about the next scene? Uh, Talking about what uh, we're going to see about them outside life. town? Yes. Earlier in his life, Noah had worked on a turpentine um, farm, if you may, um, and he knew of one. And uh, both men uh, in the dark of night approached this, this town, uh, waiting for the populace to go to sleep so they could break into a store and get some food and provisions and then move on on their uh, escape. And the two of them are hiding um, in the background. Uh, watching the town go to sleep, really, and, and have, again, a continuation of this very profound awakening that each, ha each one has of the other that you will see becomes even um, tighter and more significant uh, while they're watching the lights go out uh, in the town. And it's uh, interesting because as each light uh, dims, dims, they have an additional um, awakening or, again, a, an additional uh, awareness of each other. Uh, as as the scene progresses, um, so okay. And again, uh, as I was pulling up, I'm not sure if you had made, made the point. Maybe you did. I'm sorry. Um, their goal in trying to get into this general store is to find the tools that will break the chain. Correct. Yes. That that is that is their 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 main objective here. They just want to get free of each other. All right. So let me pull this up. much at the company store. Yeah. 
There's twos in there. And food too. Waiting for them. They'll be asleep pretty soon. We better hunker down before somebody sees it. Slapping the hogs. That means supper time's over. I used to feed the hogs at the prison farm sometimes. That sure was a nice farm. Yeah, all that machinery. You know, some fella get himself a farm, he'd have a pretty sweet setup. As long as the fella don't have to scratch it out with hand tools and a mule. Leastways, you always got something to eat. <laughs> I worked 36 acres by hand once. My, my wife had me. Sometimes even my little kid. Man, we never had enough to eat. I didn't know you was married. What happened to your kid? He's just five years old when I left. <laughs> he don't even remember me no more. Everybody winds up alone, not just you, everybody. That's the way it is. One down, five to go. Take an old man around someplace. Last time I seen him since I was 14 years old was the day I got out of the army and we spent half my bonus check getting lushed up together. Ah, I got nothing against him. My old man? He was a Bible thumper. Oh, he was always trying to teach us. Must have to know. I used to work in automobiles. Transmission man. One buck and 80 cents an hour. So some think driving a Cadillac could drive it around without having to shift gears. That's pretty good pick. Well, maybe for you it's pretty good. You know what it meant to me? Saturday night in a gin mill. Being Charlie Potatoes with a blonde or maybe a redhead. Anything I wanted. And bright and early Monday morning, there I was, back in that pit with the grease in my eyeballs. Yeah, somebody got to fix them cars. Yeah, well, let somebody else fix them cars. Me, I want to drive them. You got to buy them first. A buck eighty an hour? That's just a stopover for a second-hand Chevy. Now, not for me. I got smart. You're a maker or a taker. Me, I'm a taker. Yeah, and that's how come you wound up in jail. I wound up in jail because I didn't know how to be a big enough taker. I was just a stealer. You gotta be a big crook, big enough crook so you can get away with anything. Just a few more lines now. What did they get you for? A sword and battery. Intent to kill. Oh, that's great. Man come on my land because I didn't pay the note. I gave him an argument, he pulled a gun on me. I took it away from him. 
They put you in jail for that? I whipped his head good. Were you going to kill him? Maybe. If they hadn't pulled me off him, I would have. You gotta learn to roll with them punches. Yeah. What are you getting so mad about? I ain't getting mad, Joker. I've been mad all my natural life. I'm just telling you the facts a lot. I don't want to hear it. I've been listening to that stuff all my life. For my wife, be nice. They throw me in solitary confinement and she said, be nice. Man short weight me when I turn in my crop. She said, be nice or you get in trouble. She teach my kid that same damn thing. Never could get that woman to understand how I was feeling inside. All of a sudden, there was nothing left to say. Ain't they never gone to sleep? Get away someplace, you know? Someplace where folks weren't always so afraid. Maybe she won't be so afraid all the time. Face. It shines out like a full moon. But what am I Don't gonna... take it wrong. What man. am I going to do about it? I don't know what you... scene. Wow, I'm just thinking the same thing. It's just such incredible writing and the performances. Uh, wow. It's, it's the right. heart of the movie. It's the heart of the film, I believe, here. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I said to you, and maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit silly or even corny with it, but those lights were similar to me of a, of a symphony, of a crescendo. Uh, they were studying, uh, uh, Noah was watching those lights go off, but while the lights were going off, there was a tempo to the, to the discussion that these two men were having about each other's deepest secrets. He's talking yeah. about his wife and his child, and, 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 and Joker is talking about his, his father. And, um, and each time a light went out, there was a little bit more to the conversation about their mistakes and about what they, what they wanted to achieve. They were wide open to each other. And quite honestly yeah. to me, there was no more chain, although the chain is symbolized there and they were trying to, as you said, get the tools to take the chain off. They had no chain between them anymore at that That's point. a great comment. That's a, another great comment of yours, Howard. You really have these wonderful insights. Uh, 
But what do you think about almost, it's like you think about having an awareness or an epiphany where you come to a new realization or understanding. And they say, oh, light went on. But here, the light, the lights went off. Right. So it's almost like reverse. What do you make of the idea? Well, each time they got closer in a realization, a light went off. Because they're sharing, I think, some some dark challenges in their lives uh, that they're they're talking about. The loss of his wife. He's never going to see his son again. His father, uh, in jo Joker's case, is, is, is who knows where he is if he's around. Um, the light going off is actually indicate, indicative of a, of a darker experience between them, as opposed to the light coming on and, and, and it's shining on them. They're going the other direction in their discussion and they're finding solace between each other through the way they respond to each other. So the light goes off and there's another dark tale to tell about a dollar eighty an hour. He's never gonna buy a car at a yeah. dollar and eighty an hour. Yeah. Uh, he had an experience of, of a solitary confinement. Um, he's not right. going to see his son again. And he called him, how he called him my kid. Not my son, it was my kid, if you notice. There's a, there's a, a loss to him yeah. of, of the relationship with yeah. that child. Very and good. That comes as the, lights, as the lights go off. Yes, yes, well said. A very great insight, very true. Um, for me, what started this was, uh, this scene was, you st I started to notice uh, Joker's empathy when he started. He discovered about Noah having a wife. So that you started to right. see the first emotional connection, you know, in this scene, you know, about that. Uh, and they come, then, they, then Joker comes out with the line, "Everybody winds up alone, not just you." You know, so there, there is a bond when they're understanding their condition as far as you know the human condition. You know, we're all in this together. We're all, you know, we were born into this world alone. We go out alone, you know, but, but within our being alone, almost, it's almost implied, you know, how can we be there for each other? Correct. You know, um, Correct. and it's interesting. Um, of course, I love, what do you take, uh, your take on the, on, on the line where um, Tony Curtis says, you have to be a taker or a maker? Well, he was dissatisfied with what he was doing in his criminal uh, activity and he was an underachiever, if you may. And <laughs> he wasn't, you know, uh, as a criminal, he was a failure as a criminal. And he didn't yeah. do what he needed to do. He wasn't thinking big enough. Yeah. He was just a pity, a pity petty guy, you know, a steal here, uh, uh, something going on there. But he, he failed as a criminal, is what he's telling. Notice uh, that he says you have to be a taker so you take so much that you can get away with anything. Right. He makes right. that point, you know. He, he never got to that point. Yeah, he sits, you know, for probably some petty theft uh, activity. Uh, he's on a he's in the chain gang. Um, yeah, and 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 Noah is there because of a bigger issue. He was a bigger player actually, and you could see that that Joker was almost wide eyed when he said assault with intent to kill. That was a, a you know, uh, and to, to to Joker. Yes, wow, you're a pretty yes. successful guy in this in this environment. Um, and but it 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 took all of Noah's life away from him. It took the farm, it took his wife, it took his, his child. And then of course he brought out his differences with his wife who was just willing to go with the flow. And Noah was looking to get on that ark and move on. And his wife was really, be nice, be nice, be nice. Right, right. Now it's funny, this is the section I was uh, thinking about. I, I noticed something with the camera angle, which was very uh, pivotal, pun intended. For the most part, 
you know, in, in the opening, you know, the two shot here, you see uh, Sidney Poitier more like in the background and, and, and uh, Tony Curtis is more closer to the camera. It, the camera then does, you know, like a 180, swerves around at the point where uh, Noah, the Noah character talks about the attempted murder. Right. At that point, Sidney Poitier is, you know, front and forward and Tony Curtis is now in, 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 in the background. Uh, so that camera shift. And then at one point, it's a total close-up of just Sidney Poitier when he's talking about the being nice, as you talked about. Right. So I think there's, a, there's definitely a, an emphasis that the director wanted to show about that. Where in that particular moment, it was just, you know, Noah talking about, be nice, be nice. I have to, I got to swallow this. I got to, I got to, I got I to, gotta, you know, I got to take it. I got to be nice, be nice. And she goes, I'm, I'm teaching my son the same thing. So that legacy will, will continue, most likely. And finally, it ends where, and this is where Tony Curtis is back in the frame, where it's a two, you know, you can see the two people there. Uh, he says, um, I never got her to understand what I was feeling inside. You know, and all in that scene, you could see how, how uh, the listening you could see in, in, in the Tony character, uh, Tony Curtis's character, he just was so connected to what he was hearing. You know, this movie, and I agree with you, this movie was the first time a black actor was nominated for an Oscar, um, uh, 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 Sidney Poitier was in this, in this film. And I, and I, I think uh, that what happened here is that we're seeing, and the public was seeing, something that they hadn't seen before. Um, he has insight, he has intellect, he has concerns and fears that were illustrated and that he, that he spoke of in this film. So an audience looking at this saying, this was not what they had seen perhaps in other films of a black actor. Um, this is 1958 and, and this is the right. first time that uh, that this type of a, of a role was 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 shared with the public, and and he did just an incredible job of that. Um, when you when you listen, like you said, with the content that he's talking about and the insights of his life, this is powerful, a, a powerful discussion. And 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 the white actor in this was the one that was really hanging on his every word in this and listening yeah. very carefully. Yes, to what he was saying. It's almost like I could I could see that. The connection going like this. At first, they were so far apart. So it was like they were they were like this, and right. then they they slowly just started to you know get closer and closer. You know, until as you know, at the end, it becomes you know an unbreakable strong bond. Uh, and then um, the very last part before they get up, you know, he makes that prolific line. You know, no, he says, "I just wish I." Would, I think he said, "I would find a place where people." We're not so afraid all the time, right? And isn't that the heart? What's at the you know the, the uh, at the at the at the the crux of racism or 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 ignorance? There's a fear. Yeah. What am I threatened by? What am I going to lose? What's going to change? What's going to be different that I can't control? And the perception that it's going to be bad, mm -hmm. you know, or evil or or whatever, you know. Um, and I think, again, it's through, you know, understanding um, each other, coming from you know, just totally different backgrounds, different, you know, uh, you know, socially, religiously, you know, 
Um, you know, it's funny. You know, th there's so much taunting and, you know, they make all these, you know, uh, accusations against each other. And they're, they're really, you know, they're really, they're going at each other. But it, it's, it's through that that they kind of understand or, 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 or learn about how they're still, they have so much in common. Right. So right. when they're starting to attack each other, it's almost like, wait a minute, what do we do? We're in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like they're jousting back and forth, and then every so often they take the, 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 the sword or the lance or whatever it might be called, and they put it down for a moment, and they realize we're, on this, we're in the same place here. We yes. Are, we're in the same place. And, and, yes. And yes, it's like once you strip it all down, you know, I mean, we are, I guess, in a sense, to quote the, the, the biblical passage, we are our brother's keeper. Right. But to what extent? And that's been, I think, been a, been a, been a lifelong, age-old old struggle. You and know? It, all, it all comes together in the last snippet of that scene when he covers uh, Joker's face with the mud. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and uh, he talks about the meanness only shines through and that we sure look alike. At yes. This, at this point. Look uh, at that. It just, that's the, the, uh, he's watching out for Joker. He doesn't want Joker yeah. to, be, to be seen. He's, but he's worried about the both of them, uh, that yes. they don't get, uh, you know, uncovered at that point. And, uh, yeah. but, uh, he's, he's camouflaging him and they look alike at that point. So they, they, they've come together. Right. Very good. Um, and again, I, I see a clear thread that, that, that carries through this or, or, almost like building blocks that are, that are building a strong foundation. You know, the more that they learn about each other, you know, their, their background and how they feel about things and just their lives, you know, they, they start to, you know, understand and, and like and respect each other. You know, they come from com completely different backgrounds. And of course, there's the racial, you know, tension there. But through, you know, learning about each other, they start to build a rapport you know, they start to like each other a little bit. They start to respect each other. And then from that, you know, they become friends. Right. You know, and, and, and there's a bond, a bond of affection. And one could even dare say love. Mm -hmm. And look at, look at how far apart they were in the beginning. You know, but stripped down of, of all, you know, racial notions or whatever bigotry they, they were raised on or adopted. You know, that all kind of just falls away. It does. You know? um, yeah, it's just, uh, I, 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 the last thing I just want to say is that I think that, you know, they have their frustrations, they have their resentments, they have their disappointments, but they also start talking, you know, he, he mentions about the farm, you know, Tony Curtis. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, Noah oh, character, you know, Tony, uh, uh, Joker talks about the hogs and how he really liked that farm. Now, these are two gentlemen here that have guys that have run away from, from their prison environment, but there's some um, recollection of, of, of actually enjoying the, the, the machinery on the farm yeah. and the hogs. Yeah. And, and Noah, you can see it in his expression because he farmed the land himself. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, they're, they're, in other words, they're grieving almost about the same thing. They're running from it, but they feel some, some, some t sentimentality to the yeah. farm. And I think that there's two sides of the coin that, that, that they're both sharing that's critical to build 
you know, a warm rapport and a bond as people from diverse backgrounds, whether, you know, religious or social, racial, that they're sharing their, their, again, their disappointments and their frustrations and their bitterness, but also they're sharing their hopes and their dreams. And we just saw this through the George Floyd uh, protest. We saw people of all colors, sizes, yeah. backgrounds, shapes and, and, and ideas walking, walking together hand in hand yes. uh, in cities across the country for a common, a common goal of, of bringing attention to a, to a, 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 a horrible situation. Yep. Two men are solitary, one, one white man, one black man, but they're doing the right. very same thing 62 years ago. And yeah. Yeah. Well said, Howard. Well said. Um, Grant Ellis, you want to you want to add about this particular scene? No, I I'm excited to get to the last scene and share that. Okay, <laughs> let's get there. All right. So as I pull this up, Howard, why don't you uh, be so kind just to talk a little about the last scene that we're going to see? Yeah, and I and I don't want to uh, be a spoiler with this because it, it's important to see it if you've never seen it. You're going to see the culmination of everything that Christopher and I have been speaking about uh, uh, in this in this presentation uh, that you're watching. Um, you're going to see two men come completely together uh, in, a, in, a, in a few moments. Okay. All right. I have it. And uh, you can see it. I'm going to play it. This is the last scene of the movie. Here we go. Somebody find old lady one day. Ain't it the truth? Them the dogs. Just rest easy, John. Carlin. Yeah. We 
gave him a hell of a run for it, didn't we? Absolutely. They were together. They united. Absolutely. And, um, and, you know, go ahead. 
I, I, I believe this is the intent of the, um, the writers and the director. I'm not sure it was, it was so clear, but when they're jumping on the train and it was, it was obvious that Noah was on his way to freedom and he was safely on the train, but Joker wasn't. And even though they had, you know, grabbed hands, uh, Joker, because of it, he was injured. He was shot actually earlier, which I don't know if you, obviously viewers just did not see. He was wounded um, by a rifle shot um, by another character in the movie that, that, that again, the viewers would see if they watched it in the, in the shoulder. So he was weak and he couldn't keep up the pace. So he had to, he fell behind. But the Noah character deliberately jumped off the train. There was no reason for him to fall off that train. He chose to be with his now, his friend. Their friendship, their relationship uh, made it easy to sacrifice at that point. Now, no yeah. one knows certainly what would have become of Noah after that had he stayed on the train. That's not the story. He sacrificed. We've seen this done in, 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 the, in battles in, in, in the military where, where people have come together of different colors right. to support and, and die for each other. Um, and it's been done. Uh, we've seen that here. He sacrificed for his friend. They were a team. Yes. And, um, and, I just think it's important to make it clear that Tony Curtis did not pull the Sidney Poitier character off the train. No. The, 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 the break was made. The hands were apart when they were running. Correct. And so it was his choice to, that's a very, very big moment. Um, and then um, I, I saw this, and I don't know um, the exact moment, but when, when Sidney Poitier gives Tony Curtis the cigarette, I think it was almost before the moment they heard the dogs. I, I think you're right. Because he, he, he kind of like paused and realized what he did. He's now giving him the cigarette. Yes. And he's almost like thinking about, wow, look what I just did. You know, and Tony Curtis, of course, just took it. He was, he was grateful for the cigarette. And then they hear the dogs. Yeah. And Tony Curtis is the one that says, ah, you know, it's the dogs. But that was, that was again, a major point. And, and then when he starts singing, and there's, there's, so, there's, there's minimal dialogue here. But so much is done through the behavior, which, of course, what, what, what good acting is really all about. It's the behavior. Um, and there, it's almost like, you know, the Joker just kind of rests back and he's just enjoying the song, where, as you said before, he's, he formerly just hated it with a passion. And now he's just, you know, relaxing into it. And um, let's talk about that phrase that we discussed before about Bowling Green. Go ahead, yeah. And what that may mean you know, in the song and to the story. You know, Bowling Green, which is turf that is uh, a very level, smooth, close-knit kind of turf that's used for outdoor bowling. And he's talking about, a, in the song, a sewing machine. You know, Bowling Green sewing machine. So if you stitch something that's very close-knit, that's very level, in this case, level, it's very equal, and it's smooth, there's no bumps, there's no holes, it's completely level, smooth. Um, what a sewing you know, machine does, it mends 
Yes. And two separate entities and it brings them together into yes. one. Yes. And that's the symbol. That chain brought them together. Yeah. The sewing machine mended men's. It doesn't tear apart. And it brought the two men together. Uh, and that's why it ends on that on that note, sewing machine. And, and that's, that's brilliant. message that the writers have 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 given us. Now, regardless of what happens to them, the two of them when they go back to the prison, they are one at this point. And the sheriff, yeah. who wasn't developed in our presentation, was a rather liberal, good-hearted soul who came upon them and wanted to be the one to, to get to them at the end of the movie, unlike the harsh um, state police uh, uh, officer that was involved with this. And he approached them, and you could see how he put his gun away, because, and he almost had a smile on his face because he saw the two of them where they stood at that point. Um, yeah, he kind of shook his head and just, you know, it, um, right. put it his was, gun away and maybe in a way was relieved that it ended this way instead of a, you know, a blood battle. Right, you know, and right. saw them as human beings. Yeah, um, I like what you said. You know, they were, they were brought together, forged in oppression in chains, but in the end they were, they were knit together. Yeah. In mind and heart. In mind and heart. Yeah. You know, in my in my research of this, uh, when I mentioned Bosley Crowther, who did the review, um, he summed it up, and I, 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 I'm going to quote him here. He said, in the end, it is clear that they are brothers, stripped of all vulgar bigotry. These two men who think they are so profoundly different are in basic respects the same. Each is the victim of cruel oppressions. Each has his hopes and dreams, and each, as a consequence of frustrations, has committed crime. Yeah. Quote. Yeah. Well said. Succinctly, thoroughly to the point. Yes, absolutely. Um, I can't say enough about this film. Excellent. Excellent. Ahead of its time, prophetic. And I think it, again, pertains to issues that we're seeing today, you know, in our country. Uh, I would encourage people that have taken the time to, to uh, look at our first presentation. I want to thank everyone who's, who's, who's been, been watching this. Uh, we would like to uh, follow up with a second film that we're going to um, present, hopefully uh, in not too far in the future, and continue this idea about uh, talking about films that matter, films that have a social impact, and historical uh, ones in that in that uh, sense, but relate to today. Of you know, course, the issues that we we, we face. I, I, uh, I, is there anything I, else you want to say in, in yeah, summary? I'm going to end with a with a final quote, uh, not from Bosley. But when we think of this movie, we think of this film, and we think of the times when it was, when it was made and the times that we have today, uh, I'm gonna end with a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Hmm. And the quote is, people fail to get along because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because they have not communicated with each other. And I think that's the takeaway. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well said, well said, thank you, thank you. Um, so I'd like to again, thank everyone that's taken the time to, to uh, watch this. So on behalf of you know, my colleague, my actor, uh, friend Howard Diamond, myself, Christopher Rawlings, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us in, in looking at this movie, The Defiant Ones, 1958, Tony Curtis, uh, Sidney Poitier. Again, directed by, again, Howard, Stanley Kramer. Stanley Kramer, again, a prolific director and the writers. Um, 
great movie. And actually also too, as, as an aside, this is the final movie that Carl Switzer, who was Alfalfa of the Little Rascals, performed in. So if people have a little bit of a trivia uh, mindset and they're particularly interested about the Little Rascals, you know, the R Gang comedies, uh, the Alfalfa character, this was his final film that he did. Yes. Um, and it's interesting, yes. the character that he plays uh, in this movie has, I think, a very interesting um, place, you know, in, in this film. So that's maybe an extra uh, incentive for people. So thank you for joining us. We'll say uh, good evening for now. Until next time. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Okay. All right. Done. Recording's done. I believe so. I believe so. So.